millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I am preparing to sing the madness of the prophetic bard and a humorous poem. Pray correct the song by restraining my pen. On this account, I might wish you to be embraced in a fitting song, but I am not equal to the task. But now, sisters, accustomed to sing with me, let us sing the work proposed and strike the Siddhartha. I prefer toss a coin to your witcher over this. (laughs) Stay tuned to hear all about that on The Reluctant Historian. everybody i'm liz lawson and this is our reluctant historian dakota lawson this is the podcast where i try to show my husband that history is actually cool so if you love history or you absolutely hate it this podcast is for you we would like to begin by recognizing that we are recording on treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the metis nation we make this acknowledgement in recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different first nations of turtle island okay koda what do you think we're talking about a i I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was reading I was it. Like, yeah, go ahead. No, I was reading it and I was like, oh, because like, I've been doing research like really far ahead. Yeah. So I think I wrote this at like the beginning of October. Oh. Um, and um, I was like, this is not, no clues in this whatsoever. No, like <laughs> other than it's a a song of sorts. Yeah, yeah. It's well, a poem, but yeah, yeah, a song. Uh, I would argue that poetry is music. I think I made that argument. Yeah, you have. You, whenever <laughs> you're talking about like, Tupac is the greatest poetry artist of our time. Have I said that? Something like that. You, re- you really like Tupac. <laughs> I do. So you, you've stated that his like his lyrics are, well, I don't know what you said exactly, but like beautiful. He be- is a beautiful. poet too. He's like, written the, like yeah. poems and rap. Yeah. And arguably, poems are rap. That's and rap fair. are poems. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't. I. I can't I even took out to the, guess. I took out the one. So as I was reading it to you, oh. I took out the one keyword that might have given you a clue. So let me read this here to you again. Okay. I am preparing to sing the madness of the prophetic bard and a humorous poem on Merlin. Pray, correct the song by restraining my pen. Okay. Any other clues? Humorous. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> um. So he's preparing to write a funny song, which, again, I'll be the judge of that. But, and then he pulls out his pen. That's all I got. <laughs> no. So the key word that you're missing there is Merlin. Oh, wizards and shit. <laughs> well, actually, Merlin himself. We're going to be today talking oh, really? about Merlin. Yeah. So that intro oh. was actually written by Jeffrey Monmouth, who we're going to learn about I'm glad later. you didn't say like Jeffrey Epstein. No, definitely like, not. Are you on his list here? No. <laughs> You're yeah. so offended by I that. Am. I am not. I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> Thank you very much. So this is an actual quote from Jeffrey Monmouth's um, writing that he was writing in, I think, the 11th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, his poem. It's the introductory introduction to his story, Vita Merlini, which is the tale of Merlin's insanity, his existence as a madman of the forest, and his prophecies. So Jeffrey Monmouth is this writer. So we're talking about the history of Merlin. Um, this is from Lexi. She gave us this week's topic. Oh, cool. 
Yeah. So I was really excited to look into this um, because my understanding of Merlin the wizard is that mm-hmm. he was a literary figure um, and maybe with some roots into the historical past, which isn't necessarily true. And um, I know a lot about, not a lot, sorry, I shouldn't say a lot. I know about King Arthur. Um, yeah. I'm familiar with the chivalric tales of old. Wait, wait a minute. Merlin. Okay. This is a history podcast. Correct. Was there an actual dude named Merlin? Uh, like that, that the character is based on or like, or are we talking about the fictional character? The fiction, we're going to talk about the fictional literary character, but oh. they did take some inspiration. I, I didn't from realize from, this was the, uh, uh, the fictional historian. You know what? <laughs> literary history is still fucking history. So like get in line. To be fair, <laughs> I'm more excited that we're talking about a fictional character than, a real one okay. so i just have to give you a hard time that's so. fair yeah so i was excited because i also teach english so like this is like right up my alley yeah yeah so uh what is your golden nugget yeah well i i said before what i thought about my golden nugget was going to be and uh i guess i'll just give it like, a quick tease we're we just finally got to play our new board game root that we're eventually gonna instead of talking about here we are going to make a podcast about it yeah, i'm so excited soon uh so we're just trying to figure out a name so yeah uh but my actual golden nugget i i just thought of is like uh yeah my company sent me down to um a conference in a couple days ago for for leaders like executive directors and uh you know that was cool i'm not they really like see a lot of leadership qualities in you yeah they were just like this guy, he definitely has ED. Stop it. <laughs> so, uh, no, seriously, every time they... ED uh, energy. Whenever they, uh, somebody was like, I'm an ED, I was like, yeah, me too, bro. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have ED. Or do stop I? It. I'll leave that stop up it, to stop you. It, stop it, stop no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. We'll stop talking about my... Stop it. So, this has gone away from me. Yeah, I got to go to this leadership conference. Um, I met a lot of really great leaders got to network a lot uh you know some people give me their cards which was cool yeah you should get some business cards. i know and i'm like i want to make business cards that have a joke on it but i'm also like trying to be professional yeah you gotta be professional but maybe i'll like sneak in a joke that like if you get it you get it but if you don't you don't so it's got to be smart so i'm thinking you are smart thank you (laughs) so anyways food was amazing too like some of the best freaking food i've ever had no you didn't tell me that yeah it was great the roast beef best yep. roast beef ever wow. like i've never had a, a juicier roast better roast than beef. bev's roast beef that sounds wrong that that well i mean i wasn't gonna <laughs> <laughs> now you made it weird <laughs> uh to, to be honest i don't remember when did we have roast beef know. mom makes roast beef well maybe she hasn't ever made roast beef for you she makes it a lot for when we were growing up so oh. but you weren't there for this that. is yeah Okay, so th- then I'm going to have to go, oh, Beth, this is the second best roast beef I've ever had. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was, but it was a great conference. I had a few sessions um, just about uh, uh, inclusivity, uh, uh, changing governance, which <laughs> I had to, uh, I was in a session and they were just talking about governance without defining it. I was like, what is governance? <laughs> so I had to look it up on my phone. <laughs> yeah, so governance is kind of like, government comes from that same word right well so it's like from what i gather it's like the way things are run yeah right yeah so and it's all the session was all about how 
just because something is done a certain way doesn't mean it can't be changed yeah. for the better. Yeah. And there was someone in my session in my at my table was like, it was like, well, I actually love governance, and I'm like, I was just thinking, I'm like, why the hell are you here? <laughs> yeah. Why are you at this session? It's such that- a weird way that she would have said that because like you don't go around saying I love governance. Like you would be like, I really like the way things are done. I don't like change. Just- right. So she probably didn't understand. May- maybe, but. Either way, I don't know why I'm being just a bitch about grammar right now. I I don't I I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it was it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I got a hotel room, which was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would say I would say it was the highlight of my career. So. Oh, that's so yeah. sweet. Yeah. I like I like hearing that when you say that. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thanks. I I like. I like saying it because, like, when I look back at my career, which has spanned nine years, it, you're such a little baby. Okay, you've got, what's your career? 12, 13? Yeah, 12, well, let me see, 2008. So 2008 to now. Yeah, I was. Uh, Don't say it. Make me feel old. I'm going to say it. Oh. I was great. Sorry, 2008? Yes. I think I was in grade 10. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so you were done university at that point and starting your career. That's so embarrassing for me. What is your golden nugget? Yeah, my golden nugget is uh, that I think we have figured out how we're going to fix the sound in this room. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure. If you're longtime listeners, you know that I'm obsessed with getting the sound quality good on this podcast. I don't know what it is. There's certain things that like really get me, like smells. I really am susceptible to like smells, uh, and I'm really susceptible to sound. Um, I don't think I'm saying that word right. Susceptible? Susceptible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look at me being a grammar bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like when I'm editing, I can absolutely hear the things that are wrong in this room in terms of sound. <laughs> you're just like, the things that are wrong in this room as you're recording is I say something really offensive and you're like, oh, the thing that's wrong in this room is Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get it. Um, but so I think if we were to put like um, thick, heavy curtains over the window, because the window is quite, it, it's glass and it reflects sound waves in a certain way. Uh, so I think that'll help quite a bit. Um, so I'm excited about that. That's that's my golden nugget because it really, I get a little fixated on it. When... Yeah, yeah, I know. So so yeah, just be aware when you're listening to last week's podcast and this week that there will there is like a echo yeah sound to and I, it. I did try last week i tried some new stuff when i was editing yeah. to see if i could get it out um i don't know listeners let us know what you thought of last week's sound yeah. quality and or maybe don't because it might like ruin you as a it person might ruin me as a person uh yeah and and this room is going to be perfect oh it's gonna be really good it's it. quite small it, it, so it's a small really room good. it's just that this 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 window is yeah. right beside the mics yeah and our um Sound waves are bouncing off of it. And yeah. And as we add stuff to the walls and yes. stuff like that, you know, when we yes. put our squishmallows in a squishmallow hammock on yeah. the wall. Or and... we could just, like, stake them to the wall. Like, you know how you stake <laughs> butterflies? <laughs> like, fucking... <laughs> like, oh, God, that's horrible. You know what my roommates did for me once? I was, back when I lived with... Um, Your roommates? My roommates. Uh, before I met you, they... They, I have this, uh, my childhood stuffed animal, Critter. Oh, yeah, uh, he's critter. a stuffed panther. We didn't know what he was, so we called him a critter until we figured out, oh, yeah, he's a panther. Um, they, <laughs> I came home one day, and our blinds, they had wrapped the cord of the blind around oh, his neck and hung him. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, that's Critter. Really yeah, so we can do something similar to the Squishmallows. Perfect. That's, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. So Yeah, I'm collecting Squishmallows because I'm a fully grown adult. 
Yeah, I mean, I have Nintendo uh, action figures all over this room, so... They're pretty cool. I don't know yeah, if you do this. It's pretty dope. Well, once we get the this room set up even more to, to my liking, we are going to post a picture of it. Yeah, absolutely. So... All right, so Merlin is best known as a magic man, a wizard, or a prophet. His literary conception comes to us as an amalgamation of both historic and legendary figures from around the 8th to 11th-ish centuries. He was first written about as Merlin by a guy named Geoffrey of Monmouth in the 12th century, and it's believed that Monmouth combined earlier tales of two men named Meridian and Ambrosius, who were two legendary Briton... Ambrosius? Yes. How does that go into Merlin? Well, actually, I think um, Merlin's last name is... Well, I'll get it to here. So two these guys were two legendary Britain prophets who have no connection to King Arthur. And then Monmouth combined the two to create the composite figure of Merlinus Amrosius. Oh. So I think... I um, thought he was like Cher. <laughs> Just Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> now apparently he has a last name. Oh, that's... Yeah. I want to say it's less cool, but Ambrosius is kind of a cool name. That's Although, cool. that'd be a nightmare to spell for people, you know? Truly, Although, truly. did they have to do that back in the day? I mean, I mean, they had written stuff, so... Yeah, they did. I guess so, like... Uh, so, that's Merlin Ambrosius. No, two two M's, <laughs> you know? And the person's like, oh, no, how do you spell it? It's just a, just a nightmare. Like, I'm illiterate. I don't know how to read. Yeah. Why are you asking me to spell your name? <laughs> They're just writing, like, sign figures or... <laughs> Stick figures or something like that. They just draw a stick figure with a pointy hat. Yep. <laughs> stars on it. So Monmouth's character, Merlinus, became immediately popular, especially in Wales. So this is like... <laughs> not Wales, the... Have you heard no, this I... character? It's a deep cut. I Do you know what that's from? Uh, Finding Nemo. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, as I was doing the research for this, I was quite intrigued. Like, how does literature become popular in, like, the 11th century? Because, like I said, the peasants were illiterate. So was it just popular amongst, like, the nobles? I don't know. It's mm. very interesting. I didn't look into it. It's a good question. Probably. I yeah. don't think... Um... Oh, maybe they were, like, telling the tales. Like, maybe... Oh, maybe. Maybe, yeah. like, around the campfire. So, like, people yeah, who... Because was everyone illiterate or... No, like I said, like, the, the peasants nobles. were usually illiterate, but the nobles weren't. So, and then only the men nobles. So, that, so, wait. So, then the, like, the peasants would be like, I heard my master tell this yeah. tale. Yeah. Oh, Why are they Australian? It's not Australian. It's peasant. <laughs> oh, crikey. <laughs> <laughs> right, because uh, British peasants say crikey all the time. <laughs> okay, Bri- okay, British pre- peasants. Uh, Oi, governor. There you go. Oh, the, oh, the, I heard this story about the, the Merlin, y'all say? Yeah, that's the one. So he became really popular in Wales, and later, writers in France and elsewhere expanded on this character and his stories to produce a more fleshed-out character, creating mm. one of the most important figures in the imagination and literature of the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. So Merlin's typical biography has him born of a mortal woman, but fathered by an incubus from whom he inherits his supernatural powers and abilities, most commonly and notably the power of prophecy and shape-shifting. F- fathered by the band Incubus. <laughs> uh, I wish I could remember the... You know that song, Drive? I think so. Yeah. That's the only part I remember. Like, I, if, I, if it came on, I would be able to sing along perfectly, but I'm like, Drive... <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Merlin matures to a powerful and influential sage and engineers the birth of Arthur through magic and intrigue. Late. What? What does he do? He births Arthur? <laughs> no, he like makes it happen. He like does some like little like 
working around in the background being like, hey, Uther, you should like... Uther? That was his dad? Uh, Arthur's dad, yeah. Oh, is this that book you're reading? Yeah. Well, I'm not, I haven't started it yet, but yes. That's why I got that book because I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, based, because of this? Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So he... So I don't know if I write about it later, mm-hmm. but I do remember what happened. So basically, Uther Pendragon is this like famous guy in english legend slash history mm-hmm. um and so he merlin shapeshifts him into uh looking like the husband of his or the enemy his enemies his enemy and then so uther goes and ha- sleeps with his enemy's wife and then that births merlin Arthur. does that yeah well n- M- merlin turns uther into the the I think. I, so, I mean, okay. I really don't want to talk. Hold on. Okay, okay. okay. I, like, I'm not 100% Merlin sure. shapeshifts Uther into Merlin's enemy? or No, who? Uther's enemy. Into Uther's enemy. And I think I write this. And then who fucks Uther's wife? Nobody fucks Uther's wife. Uther fucks his enemy's wife. Nice. <laughs> That's the, the ultimate way to get back at your enemy, hey? You can hold that all over them forever. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, and then... Uther's enemy is the mother of Mer- of Arthur? I think that's remember. She gives birth to Arthur? Yeah. And... I don't know. So, like, don't... Did quote, Uther have a wife? Do not... Don't quote me on this. Did I Uther don't, have a I wife? I don't know. And I'm like... I'm, I just want to know if he's a cheating son of a bitch. I'm getting nervous because I could be wrong. I don't, I don't remember care. what I wrote down. <laughs> I don't care. Okay, well... This is... This is... You, you can blame me for this. Okay. Okay, okay so... Anyways, what I'm trying to say is that he does some, like behind the scenes stuff to make um arthur become born like does he, does he know some... arthur is going to be born like yes. he's yes, a prophet he's a prophet yeah so he oh knows yeah. okay so later authors people who are writing about him after monmouth have merlin serve as the king's advisor so arthur's advisor and mentor until merlin disappears from the story after having been bewitched and forever sealed or maybe killed by his student slash love interest, the Lady of the Lake. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm going to pause here. I'm not super familiar with all of the Arthurian legends. I only mm. know some of them. Uh, there's a bunch and they're confusing. And the ones that I do know, I get mixed up. Uh, so I wanted to look up the story of the Lady of the Lake. And I'm going to tell it to you. Okay. The Lady of the Lake is either a fairy or a fairy-like human enchantress who plays a really pivotal role in a number of the stories. Um, for example, she gives the sword Excalibur to Arthur. Do you remember the sword in the stone? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. She, he pulls that. Wait, wait, what do you mean she gives it to so him? So there's a couple. So so the thing about especially medieval writing, well, and I think like any type of writing, um, these characters exist in lots of different canon and in different stories different things are true so in some stories uh the lady of the lake gives the excalibur to arthur and then in some of these arthurian stories uh he pulls it out of the stone oh i so i guess you could think of it like like the marvel universe so like you've got the mcu and then you've got the stuff that's in the in the comics so So some stuff oh okay yeah so you've got the same character two different two different timelines then yeah or two different people writing yeah yeah and you know doesn't make either one well, of them less true yeah that's fair because there i mean even in even in comics themselves there are just one-offs that don't fit into the main timeline yeah they're separate stories yeah so think so. of the Arthurian stories as mm. the original comics that's really cool actually yeah uh, so okay lady of the lake yeah she's an enchantress i i feel like her giving 
this sword to him is less cool than him pulling it out. It's like, it's like he, you know, I don't know, married rich and his, <laughs> and his like, the lady of the lake is like, my father gave me this sword to give to you. And he's like, he's like, thank you. <laughs> I, whatever, I, I, what have I would have done if I didn't marry rich? Just like Where, you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I, this is my story. <laughs> I am Arthur in this scenario. But but in the other one, he's like, I am king. I will be king. He wasn't king, right? At this point? Uh, when he pulls the sword out of the stone, he's not king. But that, like, proves that he is the king. It's a, it's an interesting story. I do talk about I it. I will be king. That's right. Says, like Mufasa. Out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so Lady of the Lake. Um, mm-hmm. In her interaction with Merlin... Uh, Merlin is actually an old man when he meets her, but mm. he shapeshifts into a young, handsome man. Mm. Why doesn't uh, he say that way? <laughs> I don't know. So Vivian, which is her name sometimes, she has other names as well, <laughs> okay. refuses to give her love to Merlin until he has taught her all of his secrets. <laughs> then she uses her power to seal him by making him sleep forever. Oh. Other revisions of this story change it to Vivian causing Merlin's death out of her hatred and fear of him. She entraps and entombs Merlin in either a tree, in a hole, or underneath a large stone, or inside a cave, depending mm. on the version of the story that you're reading. Uh, Vivian is also apparently very proud of the fact that she never lost her virginity to Merlin. Uh, nice. He apparently had a problem of sleeping with his wizard students at times. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was like the first teacher that, you know, had a scandal <laughs> about fucking his students. I guess so. Um... Yeah, so she, the story explains this by saying that she put a spell on it, quote, that she put a spell on her groin, which, as long as it lasted, prevented anyone from deflowering her and having relations with her. Okay, the original chastity belt then? <laughs> I guess so. There's lots of origin stories Yeah, in actually, here. there is a lot. Of, in Arthur, like, a lot of our um, literature does. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I guess it makes sense. I mean, the story of Merlin and Arthur, like, is a, you know. It's, Everyone yeah. kind of knows it. It's a great. Yeah, in the Western It's world, a great, yeah. a great you know, story. It's like mm-hmm. how, you know, a lot of stuff has been inspired, you know, by Shakespeare and yeah, stuff like yeah, all yeah. other literary Aww, figures. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like it was a smart thought when I said it. Yeah. But... So anyways, Merlin's death or sleep, which we don't know if he's dead or sleeping, is always at the... <laughs> I, f- <laughs> I feel that about like lots of old people. I'm like, are they dead <laughs> or sleeping? It's always at the hands of the Lady of the Lake, thus marking his end. Uh, so he doesn't show up in any of the Arthurian legends after this event oh okay yeah um he left the world with a series of prophecies for telling events yet to come yeah so in jeffrey the, there will be something called 9 11 <laughs> you'll understand it one day <laughs> so in jeffrey monmouth's writing uh merlin is based mostly on a poet and seer named meridian wilt or meridian the wild from wales so he's a, that's an actual person okay in Welsh poetry, Meridian was a bard who was driven mad after witnessing the horrors of war and then fled civilization to become a wild man of the woods in the 6th century. Sounds like my friend Tim. Yeah. <laughs> in these poems, he roams the forest until he is cured of his madness. Monmouth had this wild man in his mind when he wrote the earliest surviving work about the prophecies of Merlin circa 1130, which Monmouth claimed were the actual words of the legendary poet. He did not, at this point in his writing, reveal much of Merlin's background. Monmouth then wrote another book called Historia Regum Britanniae. Britannia, I don't know, my, my Latin is very bad. Um, around, Clearly. <laughs> around 1136. And here he gave some more information about Merlin. 
In this, we learn that Merlin is the child of an incubus demon and the daughter of the king of Dyfed, which is an area in Wales. In this telling, Merlin also creates Stonehenge as a burial place, and Merlin also magics the new British king Uther Pendragon and disguises him so that Uther can go into a castle and sleep with his enemy's wife, who ultimately gives birth to the future king Arthur. Okay, so you did write about that. So, but of course you had to say it because you know. um, But yes, it's written down. So, so, but I want to jump. I want to jump back to that Stonehenge thing. So, (laughs) like, we're just as humans have always been baffled at what the hell is Stonehenge and how did it get here? Yeah. So someone was like, we need to make lore for yeah. how Stonehenge got it because it's it's really bugging me. So <laughs> it, it was Merlin. Merlin, the wizard did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's canon in our history. Got it. Yeah. It was sure. Merlin. Absolutely. So Monmouth continued to write about Merlin, and in his third work, Vita Merlini, which is the one that I quoted at the beginning, right. uh, written in 1150. That sentence really doesn't have an ending, so sorry that my inflection was incorrect. Sorry, I just I just want to take a quick a quick Google break. Sure. So Uthra Pendragon. Uther. U T H. Urethra. No. U T H E R. Uther. Uh, Pendragon. Yes. Uh, and then I'm just gonna write wife question mark. Okay, I want to know if this Egrain is also known as Latin um, in French. Guess. Oh, let's see. She becomes the wife of Uther Pendragon after the death of her first husband, Gorlois. Okay, so I'm just going to assume they were married at the time. So Uther was just cheating. He's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. Because he wasn't under, like, okay, did, I mean, I know you probably Maybe don't I know. can do, like, Merlin Part 2, where we look at Uther Pendragon. Maybe. Let's just, <laughs> let's take down all the cheaters in history. Let's talk about. <laughs> a lot of them. Let's talk about, uh. Uh, that one dude from the Bible that sl- sleeps with Bathsheba. I don't remember that one. David? David, probably. <laughs> Who people yes, like King, love. King David. Yes, but he was like, <laughs> this is so stupid. This is in the Bible. I, I shit you not. They, he, he's a good boy. He's like, yeah, they, they, you know, yeah. people fucking love King David. And, but then he's in his high castle, or whatever, and he looks across out his window and he sees someone bathing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's watching this this chick bathe. Her name is Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, okay, but here's the thing. Bathe is an English word, and Bathsheba is probably Hebrew, so still, they, w- they would have had a different word in Hebrew to say bathe, so it wouldn't have... Why wouldn't they change... It sounds stupid, okay? okay sure. Let me have my point, <laughs> okay? Okay. It's anyways, so anyways, he ends up fucking Bathsheba. Yes. And then he's And also, boy. like, here's the thing, like... Um, because of the patriarchy, yeah. people hate Bathsheba. And, like, honestly, yeah. she did fucking nothing. And she was she, like, I'm just trying to get clean, bro. Didn't she get... Did she get pregnant after that? I don't know. I haven't read the Bible. Yeah, I read it... So I think I have autism. Because... <laughs> so when I became a Christian, and I'm technically... I'm technically Christian. There's a whole lot of shit I don't... Don't like. But we digress. <laughs> but we digress. But when I first became a Christian, I was like, okay, I have two missions. I need to, one, I need to read the entire Bible front to back, which I have done. This is like actually a very impressive feat. Yeah. I don't retain a ton of it. That's fair. Uh, There's like little memories that come back in my mind. I'm like laying in bed. I'm like, oh, Beth, Sheba and uh, killing a goat and stuff. Mm. But the second is I needed to watch Passion of the Christ immediately. Yes. Which I did. 
Yes. What a ride. What a wild ride. It it, it just it takes you on a journey. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So Alright. Where were we? <laughs> Merlin. Okay, so the third book by Mon- Monmouth Vita Merlini in 1150. In these stories, Merlin spends part of his life as a madman in the woods, and then he marries a woman named Gwendolina. <laughs> he eventually retires to observing the stars from his house with 70 windows in some remote woods. So she's that's Monmouth. Gwendolina. She sounds like she's a like a fairy princess well, from be, a Disney animated movie. Probably. It might be Gwendoliona. Actually, if that's oh. how you pronounce that. Well, I prefer Gwendolina. Okay. Because she's from like, uh, what's that movie? <sighs> Fuck. I don't remember. It's like Ferengali, but not Ferengali. And that concludes Monmouth's adventures with Merlin. But then his story is picked up by a man named Robert de Boron. Okay, so this is a separate timeline because in wh- whose timeline was it where he dies or sleeps? Cause, cause uh, so that-, that, that exists <clears throat> in all of the timelines. But like, but if different... he's dead, then wait, 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 wait. Is Merlin Jesus? <laughs> Let me hear me out. Hear me out. So, so, Lady of the Lake puts him behind a boulder in a cave. <laughs> I don't know if you said the thing about the boulder, but I'm assuming that's how she blocked him off. Yeah. And then after three days, he ro- rose. Merlin is Jesus. Yeah. Grabbed his machete, <laughs> and then he was like, "It's." Lake killing time. Yeah. I would have, if I had more time to think, I would have came up with something better. Better than like, lake killing um, time. Uh, yeah. Time to, uh, uh, time to, time to find out if, if this lady can drown. <laughs> you know, you can workshop that. We can come back to it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, she. Uh, uh, water is a best a dish best served. Wet. Bloody. Bloody. Ah, fuck. We'll, we'll come back to it, okay? Yeah. I wanna, but I do want to answer your question. So, what was my question? Like, <laughs> oh, is Merlin Jesus? Jesus? No, your your actual question was like, um, does he come back to like? Why is he coming back to life? So he's mm. not coming back to life. The stories are the same. Like he's got the same timeline of his life. He mm-hmm. is born. He does this Arthur thing. Um, he goes on some other adventures, and then he dies by the Lady of the Lake. So that remains the same. But the people who keep writing about him add new details oh, and flesh out his so, character. Oh, more. so it's like all the other stories are prequels stuff or, intertwined in his story. Yeah. Whereas, no matter what, his end is by Lady of the Lake. The Lady of the Lake, who uh, it's it's uh, it's time to get waterboard. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, I, I, this is not working out for me. I'll keep thinking throughout this sure. episode, okay? Yeah, so Robert de Boron, sometime around in the 13th century, starts writing about him, and he begins retelling and expanding on Merlin's story in his poem, Merlin. This poem presents itself as the story of Merlin's life, as told by Merlin himself, to the author. So, fun fact. I'll be the judge of that. And you, you were, did you wait for me I to did, say yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only a few lines of what is believed to be the original text have survived. Oh, really? Yeah. How long was this poem? I have no idea. So, But a more popular prose version, so that's like storytelling version, had mm. a great influence on the emerging genre of Arthurian-themed chivalric romance. Okay. Again, according to Robert's telling, Merlin is created as a demon spawn, what? but is here to explicitly become the Antichrist. What? So he's not Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. He's, no, he's, he's, he's definitely not. So, Although he is trying to waterboard someone who lives in a lake. Yeah. Does she live in a lake? I must. She's the lady of the lake. Well, I was wondering. It's like, or does she have a cottage by the Maybe lake? she's got a cottage. I don't know. <laughs> La- lady in the cottage by the lake that, is what she should be. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. The same <laughs> no, way. I guess not. 
So this infernal plot is thwarted when a priest, which is actually the story's narrator, named Blaze. <laughs> I'm Blaze the priest. <laughs> Time to kill the Antichrist. Is contacted by the child's mother. Merlin is the child, in case you weren't sure. I wasn't. Okay. Blaze immediately baptizes the boy at birth, freeing him from the power of Satan and his intended destiny. So he's no longer the Antichrist. Uh, uh, time to time to waterboard the de devil out of you. <laughs> the demonic legacy gives Merlin, who is born being able to speak fluently, with knowledge of the past. He, he's he's a baby, and he can just speak. Yeah, yeah, because he was born of a demon. Okay, but he still to be has the Antichrist. That, he still has that power after the devil's wiped out of him. Yes. I would still think he's the devil. Absolutely. Or he's Dewey Griffin, <laughs> which could be both. So he's born with knowledge of the past and present, which is supplemented by God, uh, who gives him then prophetic knowledge of the future. So mm. the devil gave him knowledge of the past and present, and then God's like, you know what? You're pretty cool. I'm going to give you knowledge of the future. And he gets to keep the knowledge of the yeah. present or the past? And he still speaks. And he still speaks. Damn, that that's dope. I wish I was born of a devil and then baptized. Because, like, that... Because you get this cool shit, but it's like, oh, no, but I'm also the spawn of Satan, you know? Yeah. But then somebody comes along and it's like, uh, uh, it's uh, it's time to get uh, waterboarded, Jesified. God, I'm not on my A game with these today. <laughs> no, that's fine. But, Maybe we can stop. No, the, <laughs> lis the listeners love this. They do. Probably. So, okay. So, but yeah, so then he gets... Jesified, yeah, and then which is like being yassified, obviously. <laughs> and then you, and then he gets the devil wiped out of him, but he's like, "Wow, I just have all these magical powers yeah. without the consequences." It's much like air conditioning or heating in your car, because there's no downside to any of it. There's no, uh, you can find the perfect temperature for yourself. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I just blacked out. <laughs> No no, 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 it's, it's, there's no downside to air conditioning and heating in your car. You can get the perfect temperature for yourself at any time and it, you turn it up, it goes up instantly. You turn it down, it what? does instantly, okay? What? It's perfect. Oh my God. Just like being the spawn of Satan without the Satan part. You get the knowledge of the past, present, and now God is like, my son, I also give you the power of the future yes, and air conditioning. <laughs> that, yes, yeah. So um, Robert's stories give great emphasis to Merlin's power to shapeshift on his joking personality and on his connection to the Holy Grail. Oh. Robert's Merlin also gets some new stories added, such as Arthur's drawing of the sword from the stone, the establishment mm. of the round table, and providing him with the magic sword Excalibur through a lady of the lake. Okay, I was wondering, I was like, okay, like I thought Merlin was more intrinsically tied to Arthur's story. I yeah. thought he was kind of like... Yeah, so that happens through Robert's Arthur's... telling of him. Right. Less Monmouth, not so much. This right. new author, yes. Okay, and Ar Arthur's... Sorry, Merlin is, he's kind of just... He's like a mentor for yes. Arthur, isn't he? Through Robert, yes. Right, right, okay. Yeah. So a bit about this sword. I always thought it was Excalibur that was drawn from the stone, but apparently that story has been muddled up over time, Good. and so some versions say that the sword from the stone is Excalibur, and others say that it is not. Well, what is it then? <laughs> well, like I told you, there's different t stories that tell different sorry, things. Sorry, do you say what the other ones are? Uh, the names? It's just like a random sword. 
Oh, it just didn't have a name? Okay, well, Excalibur is so much cooler. Specifically, earlier tellings of the story have a young Arthur pulling a sword from an anvil that was sitting on top of a stone that appeared in a churchyard on Christmas Eve. In this story, Merlin foretold that the sword could not be pulled except by the true king. And after many gathered nobles try and fail to complete Merlin's challenge, the teenage Arthur does the feat effortlessly by accident and then repeats it publicly. So basically the Disney plot. Later authors have said that... Later authors have said that Merlin and Arthur went to an enchanted lake and got the sword from the lady there. So both stories exist um, in the history. Different timelines, though. Yeah. So are you keeping up? Yes. Was that written down? (laughs) Okay. Because I was like, the way you read that, that was so like, uh, not natural. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So we're in France with Robert de Boron, who has written a poem called Merlin, which was extended into prose, i.e. a story, which were elaborated on and became a whole series of Merlin stories. (laughs) You you, (laughs) Okay. The way that was written, you should have said, uh, so are you keeping up? I say yes. And then you go, no? Well, let me explain what I just explained. <laughs> like, like you're like, no matter what you say, I'm still going to read this well, thing. Well, I am, because like, maybe you're keeping up, but maybe some of the reader, the listeners are like, wow, we went on this weird tangent about air conditioning in a car, yeah. and I have no fucking idea what's happening. Yeah, and also, our listeners can't keep it up. Stop it. Okay, so then we have... That's an... why we're sponsored today by Blue Chew. Then we have an extremely important addition to the Merlin history... The compilation work called Le Mort d'Arthur, written by Thomas Mallory. These stories have formed the now iconic version of the Arthurian stories that we know today. In this work, Mallory limited the extent of the negative association of Merlin and his powers. So he kind of like de-emphasized the demon spawn. His prophetic aspects were sometimes de-emphasized in favor of portraying him as a wizard and advisor to the young Arthur, sometimes in the struggle between the good and evil sides of his characters and living in deep forests connected with nature. Since Merlin can shapeshift, he can appear as a wild man, a civilized man of any age, or even as a talking animal. There are many medieval works that talk about Merlin, many of which were used as propaganda for the House of Tudor, a family who eventually became the kings of England. And Ooh, they, the Tudors, like on TV. Yeah, and then they would trace their lineage to King Arthur's. So, sorry, I, 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 I want to get some spiel in here. Like, so, the Robert, was that the name of the last author? So the one Robert's that, in the middle in the 13th century. Yeah, right, yeah. In so the 13th he, he was the one that kind of did the sword and the stone stuff. Yeah. And but then the next guy, the guy we're on now, Mallory. Yeah. He, yep. he Mallory. kind of added to that story more to flesh it out more. Is yeah, that, and he yeah. gave more stories about Arthur. So he actually mm. wrote um, La Morte to Arthur, which is uh, oh, of Mort, course. I mean life. Like I think he's saying like the life of Arthur. Yeah. I think is what that translates to. So he was writing about Arthur, but like because Arthur is advised by Merlin, Merlin would still be in those stories. So right. they're le- the the first two guys were writing specifically about Merlin, but this yeah. guy's writing about Arthur with some Merlin. So the Merlin. life of Arthur, it should be a story about just a just a torn up family because. The, the the father is like i wasn't home that night i did not lay with you how did you get pregnant i was away on a business trip okay mm-hmm. who did you sleep with yeah and then it just gets into a whole lot of other family you should issues. write that story oh 
can I add to the Arthur lore? <laughs> is that a thing you just can Absolutely do? Absolutely you can. People write about Arthur all the fucking time. Oh, I know I can edit Wikipedia. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> all right. So um, medieval works include the long prophecies from Merlin um, that some are given as a ghost after his death. And all of these stories, it's interesting, are told in Italian, German, French, English. It's very interesting in that sense. So in all of these stories, Merlin has a major weakness that leads him to his early doom. Can you guess what it is? Pussy. Beautiful women. (laughs) Yeah, I was right. (laughs) (laughs) He often appears in literature with an apprentice, who is actually Arthur's half-sister, Morgan Le Fay. Um, sometimes he has other apprentices, two witch queens that don't really have names, the lady of the Isle of Avalon, the wise da- and sometimes known as the wise damsel in an Italian retellion. Merlin shares his magic with his apprentices. I'll, I'll share some magic with you if you, <laughs> you know, go to bed with me. <laughs> but his prophetic powers cannot be passed on. So he can share magic, but not his gift of prophecy. Yeah. So Morgan, Arthur's half-sister, is sometimes depicted as Merlin's lover and sometimes as just an unrequited love interest. Like, is he interested in her or is he, she like just sure friends? I don't know which one loves which, but yeah. anyways. Contrary to many modern works in which they show up as arch enemies, Merlin and Morgan are never opposed to each other in any of the medieval telling of the stories. In fact, his love for Morgan is so great that he even lies to the king in order to save her which is actually the only instance of him ever intentionally misleading Arthur. Now, as we know, his eventual undoing comes from his lusting after another of his lady students, Vivian, the Lady of the Lake. According to some retellings, she wants to trap him slash kill him because he was obsessed with her and would not leave her alone. (laughs) Just also original stalker. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, since she cannot free herself of him otherwise, she traps him under a rock and makes sure he cannot escape. She is tired of his sexual advances and afraid of his power as a devil's son, so she does not have much choice but to ultimately get rid of him. Of course, in another retelling, she got rid of him because she is cruel and hates him, so take it as you will. Throughout all of these works, from Monmouth to De Baron to Mallory and all of the other authors in between, Merlin is central to the narrative and remains one of the most popular characters in the Arthurian legends. Welsh, Italian, and Spanish poets all wrote their own works about the wizard, and his popularity is attested by the number of complete works or even fragments of manuscripts from the Middle Ages which mention him. Merlin is historically the second best character from medieval literature, barely beaten in popularity by King Arthur. He has entered the public consciousness to an even greater extent. The character has influenced the concept of the wizard, mage, sorcerer, and wise man since his first appearance in Monmouth stories, and writers such as Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, and J.K. Rowling... And Rowling? J.K. Rowling. Barf. She's from the fucking... from the south. Yeah, we don't like her. ...have acknowledged Merlin's influence on their works. And even as Arthurian legends become less cool to tell during the Renaissance, Merlin remained as popular as ever, with people making pilgrimages to Merlin's spring in Brittany for its alleged healing powers. The stories of Merlin have been reimagined countless times to be enjoyed by the various eras in which they are written. Even when he is not mentioned by name, his persona still infuses or influences that of every wizard in any form who has come after him. So Dakota, what do you think? I thought that was interesting. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, I'm, I'm gathering my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> you're like waiting for the bot or what? Well, yeah, because you're like, oh, I thought that was interesting. I was like, but you no, were no, talking no. the whole time. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm i gathering my thoughts. I thought okay. it was interesting. I, uh, It's just interesting. I, uh, Learning more about Merlin's life because all I kind of know about Merlin is that he, you know, 
he's like fucking Arthur's backup dancer or something, you know? <laughs> um, so, and I'm maybe not giving him enough credit. Back da- backup dancers don't do shit. And mm. Merlin uh, guided this young boy and uh, made him become a thing. Made made him become a thing by infidelity. Yeah. So Arthur was born of sin. <laughs> so as was Merlin. As was Merlin. And as we learned today, Merlin is just like car air conditioning. So, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I did the the only part that sorry the only part that kind of you know I don't love dates and stuff like that. There so was like, really no dates. I disagree with that. I mean, if you go back, you can count a number of like like this is when this happened. But but, but, but what okay, I'm saying okay, is okay, okay. hold on hold on um, before you get all fucking defensive. The uh, the the dates though didn't necessarily matter all that much. No. It, it is what I'm saying is they. They were like, this is when this thing person wrote this thing, but it doesn't matter on the actual story of Merlin. Right. I like how you explained, like, the comics, like, the MCU yeah. stuff like that. That was really um, helpful in understanding how right. this was done. And, like, because I was really stuck on that. Well, wait, he's dead. How are they still writing stories of right, it? Right, right. And not explaining his Jesus rebirth. <laughs> uh, but him, like them filling in the gaps of it, mm-hmm. you know, are cool. And nobody's retconned the death at any point. Excuse me, what does that mean? Retconning is when uh, a writer uh, takes, like, they're like, huh, that thing that you did there that you wrote in this thing? Fuck that. Get out of here <laughs> thing. So they would basically be like, no, he he died? No, he uh, was, in, now somebody came and injected him with, um hulk serum no nobody's done that but like yeah. maybe maybe you are i could You're, you do need to write could, the story of Merlin. i could inject him with hulk juice juice oh. or other stuff so yeah i thought it was you know i just you know it's like he's so relatable because it's <laughs> like it's like yeah he's like <laughs> He's just like he's a he's a little horn dog, you know. His yeah. one weakness, <laughs> the weakness we all have. <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah. So, um, hmm. I give this seven point seven. Rude. That's not rude. Mm-hmm. That's good. I can't give you a fucking eight every time. Do you want me to lower your score? No. Um, I give this a seven point seven air-conditioned Merlins out of 10. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I still don't get that analogy. It's brilliant. Don't, no, don't. It's... <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, please, no, I'm never going to get it. Don't explain it to me. Okay, I'll explain it to you off air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what have I done? I've unleashed the ADHD. <laughs> Okay, well, anyways, that's all we have for this week. We'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us. If you enjoyed listening to what we had to say, please download our podcast from wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review, or tell your friends about us because indie podcasts really do grow through word of mouth. And if you want to stay in contact, you can follow us on Instagram at The Reluctant Historian or leave us a tip at buymeacoffee.com slash The Historian. You can also shoot us an email with future show ideas or corrections you may have noted to The Reluctant Historian at gmail.com. And... If you want to learn more about why air conditioning and Stop heating it. in cars is perfect, Stop it. much like the food Stop. item Jello, oh, no. <laughs> you can DM me. Okay. Why is that a big deal? They could just. I'm they saying can DM can, you. Yeah. We can take this conversation off offline. Perfect. Yes. So, um, well, we'll see you next week, same time, 
Same place. Living in a cottage by the water is your uh, name. Uh, uh, drowning white biznatches is my game. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think you can still workshop it a bit more. No, no, okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, wa 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 water. Uh, oh, ooh, you you're about to be water under the bridge. <gasps> that was good. Thanks. Fuck you. <laughs> See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.